Hello, friends. Welcome to Read Them and Weep. It me, your host, Sammy. And this is part two of the Vegas episode. As you may remember from part one, took a trip to Vegas with a buddy. We got comped at the win, played a bunch of poker. On the first day, I played a 510 session at Bellagio, and I went over the hands from that in part one. And this is part two. Sunday night at the win, 2-5 with a 1.5K max. Just like part one, uh, I'm not going to go too deep into all the hands, but I'm going to do more hands than usual in this episode. I got four for you. And just before we get into the hands, I wanted to make this request at the top. If you're listening to this podcast on like a app like Spotify or Apple Pods on your phone, do me a favor. And if you like the podcast, scroll down on the podcast page and give me some stars. It would really help out the podcast. And I mean, frankly, it makes me feel good about myself too. So I'd really appreciate it if you guys did that. And now let's get on to the hands. All right, hand one, two five at the win, 1500 max. This game at this point is four handed. You know, it was not a full table to begin with. I think it was six or seven handed. A couple people were up dicking around. And the first guy folds, and then the button, who's this uh, douchey Vegas reg, he opens to 15. I look down at Jack 10 of Diamonds in the small blind, and you guys know I play predominantly a three-better fold strategy from the small blind. Not all the time, but I'd say probably like 75-80% of the time, especially when the raise comes from the button, because he's going to be opening so wide. You want to attack that with a strong linear range. A hand like Jack-10 suited certainly qualifies. So I 3-bet, I go a little more than 4x. I 3-bet to 65 over his $15 open with Jack-10 of diamonds. And he thinks about it for a minute, and he makes the call. So we go heads up. I'm out of position. There is 130 in the pot, and the flop comes ace-8-3 with the ace and eight of clubs and then three of diamonds. So I flop okay, right? I flop a backdoor flush draw and a nebulous backdoor straight draw more importantly there should be a board that favors me because there's an ace on the board i'm the pre-flop three better i probably don't have a ton more aces than this guy but i still probably have a slight advantage so i'm certainly going to bet here even though there's a flush draw other than that it's it's a pretty dry board so no need to bet too big i'm gonna be betting with a lot of my range so i don't want to bet big so i bet 45 into 130 which is about a third of the pot and he calls. The turn comes the jack of clubs, making me a pair of jacks and then putting a third club on board. So ace eight of clubs and then the three of diamonds on the flop, then the jack of clubs on the turn. I decide to check. I'm going to be checking here a lot, even with my strong hands, like a lot of ace x, I'll be checking because the club isn't a particularly good card for my range. I'm not going to have a ton of flushes here. He will probably have more flushes than I do. So I check it. And he thinks for a minute and he checks back. And we like that a lot because in general, he's going to be betting his flushes on the turn. So he rarely has a flush when he checks it back. The river comes the fourth club. It comes the deuce of clubs. So ace eight three with two clubs, jack of clubs on the turn, deuce of clubs on the river. I think about bluffing and... I just decide not to. I just check and see if my pair of jacks is good because I think sometimes he calls the flop with a pair of eights or, you know, a pair of nines in the hole, something like that. Uh, So sometimes I'm good. So I check. He checks back. 
I show my pair of jacks and he flips over ace five of hearts, top pair of aces with a shitty kicker, no flush, and he wins the pot. Guys, I got to tell you, I do not like how I played this hand. At least I don't like the way I played the river. So I think three betting preflop with jack 10 of diamonds out of the small blind against a button open is great. I think C betting this small flop is fine. I think checking the turn is fine. But on the river, not bluffing here, I think is a big mistake. And why do I think that's a big mistake? Well, it, it's almost a math problem, right? Think of it like this. When I C bet this flop, ace of clubs, eight of clubs, three of diamonds after I have three bet, he almost always, when he continues, he almost always has a flush draw or a pair. Very hard for him to float with like back doors with a straight draw or something like that because I hold those cards. So I hold the jack 10 of diamonds. So I'm taking a lot of the, the back doors that he might float with out of his range. He's almost always got an ace, an eight, or a flush draw. Then when he checks back the turn, I take flush draws out of his range, which, which leaves him basically with aces and eights. And then the fourth club comes on the river. Why should I be bluffing here? Well, if he had a pair on the flop, that means that only one of his cards can be a club because one of them's a pair. You know what I mean? When he defends the flop, if he's got a pair, that means that he can only have a maximum of one club in his hand. The, the other card was a paired card. So if he has an ace or an eight, because those cards were clubs on the board, that card can't be a club in his hand. So he's only got one card that can be a club. And, and think of it like this. This is what I'm talking about with the math problem. There's 45 cards that we don't know, right? We know the two in our hand. We know the five on the board. And we know one of his cards can't be a club. So that means there's 45 other cards that his side card could be. Of those 45 remaining cards, there's only nine clubs left, which means that he's got somewhere around a 20% chance of holding one club in his hand. If I bet half pot, my bluff only needs to work 33% of the time. But if he's only got a club in his hand 20% of the time, that means he doesn't have a club 80% of the time. Now, sometimes he will call without a club. He'll just think I'm bluffing and try to bluff catch, and that's okay. But he's not going to come anywhere close to defending two-thirds of the time. So long-term, betting half pot here with my entire range is just a great idea. The other thing is I don't necessarily want to bet big. I want to bet kind of a mergy size, not polarized, because I want to reserve the right to have all sorts of clubs in my range. If I go too big, like I bet pot or whatever, I'm basically saying either I have the nut club, the king of clubs, or I have nothing. So that makes it actually somewhat of an easier call in some instances. So I just think betting half bot here is is almost mandatory. And I fucked it up. I, I fucking blew it, man. I pride myself, and you guys know this, I, I pride myself on playing at a high intensity. Uh, I, I think a strength of mine is finding good bluff spots, creative bluff spots. This was an obvious goddamn bluff spot, and I just boned it, man. I just douched it and uh, didn't take advantage. And I let this cuckweasel Vegas reg take 220 bucks in this pot that should have been mine. I should have just taken it from him, and instead I gave it up. Pretty disappointed in myself for not pulling the trigger on the river. And yeah, I should be firing myself directly into the goddamn sun. So that's hand one. Let's move on to hand two. All right, hand two. The game has filled up a little bit. I think we're six or seven handed at this point. Folds around to me in the cutoff. 
and I look down at King Eight of Diamonds, definitely opening this hand from the cutoff. I open to 20. The button calls, and the recreational player in the big blind also calls, and we go three ways. I'm in the middle, and the flop comes Ace Queen Nine with the top and bottom cards diamonds. So I have King Eight of Diamonds, and the flop comes Ace of Diamonds, Offsuit Queen, Nine of Diamonds. The recreational in the big blind now leads into the two of us for 20. So he bets a third pot. And now the action's on me. And there's two routes. Obviously, I can call. I have the nut flush draw and a backdoor gutter straight draw. I can call and realize my equity in position, which a lot of times is is a very good thing to do. Or I can raise. And I decide on a raise for a couple of reasons. First off, I'd like to put a lot of pressure on the button behind me. If he's got a hand like some sort of weak ace X, something like that, he's almost always going to have to fold out to a bet and a raise before the action even gets to him. Likewise, there are some draws that he'll need to fold. uh, So it just kind of cleans up my equity. And then focusing on the guy who let out into the two of us, this guy almost always has a weak hand. I've talked about this situation several times on this podcast before, but When recreationals donk lead into the preflop raiser, almost always they're kind of, especially when they bet small, almost always they're kind of betting to quote unquote, see where they're at. They have a hand they kind of like, and they're betting to see where they're at. And buddy, I love to tell them they're in trouble because they will tend to believe you. The other thing is this board, ace, queen, nine, two-tone, this board heavily favors me. I have pocket aces in my range. He doesn't because he would have three bet. I have pocket queens in my range. He doesn't. I have ace queen in my range. He might not always three bet it, but he should at some frequency. Uh, We have the same amount of pocket nines, the same amount of like ace nine suited, stuff like that. He has a couple more offsuit two pair combos than me, but by and large, this is just a way better flop for me than him. I also have more just straight up ace king than he does. So yeah, this is a way better flop for me than him. He should never be leading out here. So it's time to punish the fella. It's just time to punish him. Lay the hammer. I do. I raise to 70. The button behind me folds and the small blind quickly folds. Uh, One more point about this. Uh, I talked about how this board is an advantage to me. The other thing is a lot of times when somebody flops a big, they flop two pair, they flop like bottom set or whatever. They'll go for the check raise. They don't just lead out, lead out small. You know what I mean? So like the guy just never fucking has a good hand. He needs to be punished. I punished him. Congratulations to me, Obama putting a medal on himself. Dot meme. Okay, quick second hand. Let's move on to the third one. All right, hand three. We are now playing at a full table. How a fucking Louia. I'm under the gun with ace six of clubs. And I open a 15. You might notice in the in the in this hand and the first hand, I open a 15 from early position. In hand two, I open a 20 from late position. I've been kind of trying to follow this GTO uh, pre-flop sizing where you open to smaller amounts from early position and more from later positions. Uh, I used to do it the opposite, but I heard some things about how this is actually the theoretically correct way to do it. So I've kind of been experimenting with these variant positional bet sizings. Anyway, cool, cool story, Sammy. I know. Uh, I raised to 15 under the gun with ace six of clubs. I get three callers and it gets around to the big blind who's directly on my right. And this guy has been very aggressive pre-flop. 
Uh, he's been three betting more than anyone at the table. He's been squeezing. He's been pretty actioning. And here he now squeezes to 105. So I opened 15, three callers. He goes to 105, and he's got about 1,200 in his stack, and I cover. Now, I can obviously fold because I have a six suited, not a great hand. Uh, I think calling is a pretty shitty option uh, just because this hand plays very poorly post-flop, even though I'm going to be in position. Also, it's a really big three-bet sizing. Uh, I just, and furthermore, maybe one or two other players decides to come in behind me. And then I'm the monkey in the middle in a multi-way pot with an easily dominated hand. Fuck all that. Or I can four bet this guy's ass. And I think all the stars align for a four bet here. I have an ace in my hand, which is one of the things, if you're going to four bet light, I've talked about this before, but a lot of times you want to have an ace in your hand. So it decreases the odds that your opponent has pocket aces or ace king, these high end hands. And then also I was the under the gun opener. So a four bet for me is pretty damn credible. And then also this guy's been very squeeze happy, uh, being very aggressive. He's shown to make this kind of move without nuttish hands. And certainly this is a spot with an open and then three collars. Yeah, that a squeeze happy player would want to squeeze. Uh, it's a pretty good squeeze spot. So for all those reasons, I do decide to put in the four bet and I go to 300. So I open 15, we get some callers, he squeezes to 105, and then I four bet to 300. Everybody folds and he tanks for a little bit and then he ends up making the call. So he doesn't jam, he doesn't fold, he flats out of position for a quarter of his stack. So even though this guy's been squeezing pretty light at this point, I'm like, okay, this guy, I'm sure, has a legitimate hand. Uh, he he wouldn't be calling otherwise, I don't think. So there's about 650 in the pot, and there's about 900 behind in, in our stacks. And the flop comes ace-jack-jack-rainbow. So I do flop top pair with a shitty kicker, but still, it's a, it's a pretty good hand to make. We do like top pair, and it puts us ahead of his pocket pairs like queens and tens and nines, et cetera, et cetera. He checks... And certainly I could bet small here. And in general, the theory says that you should be C-betting pretty much 100% of your range when you're the four-bet aggressor, basically on all boards. Uh, maybe there's a couple that you shouldn't, but in general, you just want to C-bet all the time because you have all the nuts in your range. You have aces and ace-king and stuff like that in your range. But I decide to check back. And the reason I decide to check back is because I think you know, this is a very binary type of board, ace, jack, jack, when I have a six, either I have him completely crushed or he's got me completely crushed. It's a way ahead, way behind situation. And certainly I would have some traps here with pocket aces, things like that. So I decide to check back. The turn comes in offsuit six. He checks again for the same reasons I decide to check back. The river comes a five. He checks again. And now I think of going for th some thin value against his pocket pairs, which I feel very confident now that he's checked all three streets. He's almost certainly got a pocket pair. Um, and like I said, there's 650 in the pot. Maybe I can go like 150s, 150, 200, something like that, like a quarter, a third. Maybe get value from, fuck, I don't know, man. Like maybe pocket kings? Uh, I feel like he jammed that hand pre-flop. I just... 
I just don't know, man. I, I decide to check back. I don't bet any of the streets. He flips over pocket queens. And I win with my ace six. Tilts the fuck out of him. Tilts the fuck out of him. He's so tilted that I four bet him with ace six. Especially because in this session, I've been playing pretty snug. I hadn't been playing a ton of hands. I, I've been fairly card dead, etc. And so he was like, dude, I did not think you had that hand in your range and yada, yada, yada. And he's like, I, I thought I thought you probably had pocket kings and I was thinking of bluffing you off of it uh, with my queens. I, I wish he'd tried because certainly I would have called. But uh, but yeah, I just thought it was an interesting hand. Like I said, maybe I could have gone for some really thin value at some point, but I don't know if there's a ton of utility in it. Who knows? What I am proud of is the fact that I four bet this this asshole with uh, my A6 suited. <laughs> you know, you don't you're not seeing a lot of light four bets in these games. People are playing pretty snug and, you know, pretty tight. And so it was, it was good to get in there and tilt a Vegas reg, especially one who had been playing uh, pretty fast and loose himself. And I think thought of himself as the table captain. But all in all, I was just happy with the fact that I recognized that it was a good four bet spot. I pulled the trigger and, you know, was rewarded with that beautiful ace on the flop and won me a nice little $650 pot with a bullshit ass hand. Congratulations to me. Okay, quick little hand also here in hand three. Hand four is going to be a little more drawn out, but I think it's a good one. So stay tuned. All right, hand four. This hand was pretty late on Sunday night. For the first time since I'd been in Vegas, I was actually at a good table. Uh, there were several loose players, some pretty loose action, not very many professionals. Those cuck weasels had all gone to bed, and it was a uh, group of recreationals for the most part. Also, fun little tidbit, William Hung, uh, the guy who did She Bangs, She Bangs on like American Idol or, or whatever it was and, and had 15 minutes of fame. Uh, he was sitting next to me on the right. He was he was a funny guy. Apparently, he plays a ton of poker. Anyways, uh, the hand goes like this. There are two limps in early position, both under the gun and under the gun one limp. So already you can tell this is quite a bit different than the normal Vegas game. And then it gets to me in middle position, and I have king queen of diamonds, a fucking legitimate hand. I raise these limpers. I punish them. I go up to 30. And then two players behind me cold call the 30. The big blind calls and both limpers call. And I think for the very first time since I've been in Vegas, 16 hours of playing, we finally have a six-handed pot. Uh, I, I can't say I miss these, but uh, but here we go. At least we got some loose action. So King, Queen of Diamonds, I have six ways to a flop. And it comes 5-3 deuce with two diamonds. I have king, queen of diamonds. I flop two overs and a flush draw. The first three players all checked me. There's two players still left to act behind me. Certainly I can bet here, right? I have a really good hand. It's a pretty good flop, but I decide to check. And the reason I decide to check is I don't love betting very much at all in these extreme multi-way scenarios with a lot of my hands, even some of my strong hands. Because there's just so many ranges out there. There's five other ranges out there that could have hit this flop really hard, right? It's 5-3 deuce with two diamonds. Anyone can be playing ace four. Some players could be playing six four suited. Pocket fives, pocket threes, pocket deuces. The other thing is there's going to be a lot of medium pairs out there, right? Uh, hands like sixes, sevens, eights, nines, etc. 
that aren't going to go away for one bet. And in a multi-way scenario, you generally don't want to have a ton of three-barrel bluffs just because you'll also have way fewer like three-barrel value hands. You know what I mean? Like there's there's more hands that are out there against you that can make the nuts. And then also like your relative hand strength will shrink because of that. So you'll have less three barrels for value as well. So what I'm trying to say is I actually like checking here. And, and, and I think checking really opens up a lot of avenues for you. Because if I check and then the two players behind me check, then I get to see a free card on the turn. Great. If somebody behind me bets, I can kind of mix between check calls and even some check raises and and really put the screws to somebody with a medium pair like pocket sevens or pocket eights. It puts a lot more pressure on them than just betting out myself. So I think that checking just accomplishes quite a bit here. And the other thing is, I think when I make a flush, uh, it's just not as believable for other people because they would assume that I'm C-betting my flush draws on this flop a lot. So uh, by and large, I prefer a check and I do check. And then the two players behind me check. So I do get to see a free card on the turn. And it's a really good card. It is the deuce of diamonds. So 5-3 deuce with two diamonds. And then the deuce of diamonds on the turn. So it pairs the bottom card. But it also makes me the second nut flush. We fucking love that. So the first three players check to me again. And certainly now it's time to go for some value. Now I don't want to bet super big and and chase out uh, moderate strength hands. The hands that these guys have, they're the kind of hands that I want to continue. So I don't want to really chase anyone out, but certainly I want to bet for value. With six people putting in 30 pre-flop, there's 180 in the pot. And I go about 40%-ish, I bet 75. Everybody folds except the the under-the-gun one player who limp called pre-flop and then checked the flop and checked the turn. He now check calls my 75. Okay, we love it. We have a customer. The river comes a great card. It comes in offsuit nine. So it's five, three deuce with two diamonds on the flop. Deuce of diamonds making me the flush with my king, queen of diamonds. And then a fairly meaningless offsuit nine on the river. He checks again and there's 330 in the pot. And I definitely think that a large bet is in order. This is just really a classic polarized spot. There are going to be times where I have ace-king or ace-queen or king-queen with one diamond in my hand, and I'm going to semi-bluff the turn. And in those situations, I want to bet big as a bluff on the river when I miss. So I also want to bet big with my really strong value. So this is definitely a polarized spot. The other thing is, you know, this is exactly what this guy could be thinking. When he calls the, the turn... Sometimes he's got like a naked ace of diamonds or something like that. I Probably not that often. A lot of the times I think he's got a pair. Sixes or sevens or you know a pair of fours or something like that. And might try to hero call me because this definitely does look like a lot of the times I can have two missed overs with a diamond and be trying to bluff here. So I do decide to go big. And I put in a nice, chunky, soupy bet on the river. I bet 300 into 330, close to the size of the pot. The guy goes into the tank, and he's tanking, and he's tanking. And I'm like, call me, you motherfucker. Like, come on, I'm bluffing. You got to think I'm bluffing. 
And I think uh, putting that positive energy out to the universe worked, fellas, because the guy does put in the 300. I show my king queen of diamonds for the flush, and he spikes his cards into the muck in frustration, and we get the pot shipped to us. Hallelujah. Uh, I do like the way that I played this hand uh, for the reasons I talked about on the flop. I really like checking here. I, I kind of vastly prefer it to betting. Certainly betting the turn. I like my sizing. It's a pretty callable bet. And then I think deciphering on the river that it's a polar spot is really good. I think it's pretty easy to be like, oh yeah, let me bet like half pot. Let me bet 150 to to try to get crying calls and, and get called more often. But you know, I think the reality is theoretically, this should be a polar spot. Your value sizing, when you have really strong value, should reflect your bluff sizing it should kind of mirror it they should be about the same size and yeah i know i'd be bluffing big here when i'm bluffing so uh, when i bet for value when i have really strong value like this i need to be betting big and i got paid off for it and you know just like math wise even if the guy only calls half as often when i'm betting twice the amount we're still making the same amount of money so i definitely think that this was a good spot to get polar on i think it was an interesting hand and I think I kind of made the right decision on every street. Pretty happy with the way I played this one overall. Congratulations to me. Why don't we just uh, Photoshop my face on the Obama putting a medal on himself meme and make it a Sammy putting a medal on himself dot meme. Allow myself to congratulate myself. All right, you guys, that is it for the hands. Thank you so much for coming on this little Vegas journey with me. I had a, I had a great time out in Vegas. Like, like I said, I didn't love the games, and overall, I did not win money. I lost about 800 bucks total, which not a ton, right? It's like half a buy-in, something like that, over 16 hours. So kind of neither here nor there, but I'll be honest with you guys. I did not run good in Vegas. I did not put the uh, hands that I ran bad in on the podcast. We don't do bad beat stories here, but I did kind of run like shit, and like I said, I, I wasn't a big fan of the games out there but still had a great time man i i told you guys i ate like a king uh you know buffalo cauliflower and shirt rib benedict at the henry i had crispy duck penang and dub, double lobster tail happiness at lotus of siam so 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 good uh what else like mongolian beef at wazuzu at a fried egg sandwich from the win room service uh last day had a main lobster benedict and crispy pork belly tacos uh, that had scrambled eggs in them at Jardine. Me and my buddy Josh went and got massages at the Wind Spa on Sunday afternoon. It was just so incredible. So overall, just just had a really great time. Got to play a lot of poker, obviously. And and big shout out to, to my boy, Josh. I, I just got to say, this guy, a good friend of mine, he had the comp at the Wind, brought us out there, like shared everything with me and, and got me away from my kids and my family for a couple of days, which... Uh, I love my kids and my family, but I don't spend very much time apart from them. So to to get out and be a degenerate for a couple of days was was really great. Josh was rewarded. A lot of good karma came his way for doing the solid for me. He won 13K in an online tournament on Sunday. He was just sitting around in his fucking bed like a like a lump winning five figures in online tournaments. I mean, the guy's just a, a complete beast and, uh, and, and a total mensch. So thank you, Josh. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, appreciate it as always until next week, my friends play good and run pure. <laughs>